0: Thank you, Ben, so much for that. That was fantastic. As I sang, as I was putting together the slides for this morning, I found this little slide, and I thought, man, how, how amazing would that be? Like this is, what is that? It's a fingerprint, right? Like every single one of us in the room have a fingerprint, but each one of our fingerprints are different. They're unique. And how great is our God. How fantastic and how amazing and how majestic is our God that he made us. Like, every one of us have one of these, and none of them are the same. They're an individual identification mark. When we're looking for fingerprints, when people are in trouble, when the police are looking for people, they, they dust for what? They dust for fingerprints, because this is how we find the individual. We know the individual. And God created that as a mark, as a stamp to say, made by God. And so every one of us is unique in that. And so I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed and blown away by the majesty and the glory of who God is. And so this morning, what I, this morning's a little bit different. Um, I, I, as you, some of you know, I'm a part of a thing called Shepherd School. And it's, a, it's been a two semester thing. We started this semester and we're gonna uh, end it in December. And then we'll start back in January for our second semester of Shepherd School. And one of the things I have to do tomorrow is I have to give a presentation and we're gonna talk about the faithfulness of God. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give this a test run this morning with you guys. So, you guys get to be a part of my test run for this, um, this little thing that I have to read. But I'm, I'm not going to just read this. I'm going to preach it this morning. So, they, they don't get preached at tomorrow. They just get read to. But I, I want to adapt this this morning for uh, this morning. So, we're going to be a couple different places in the Bible. So, if you've got your Bibles, get your fingers warmed up because we've got a lot of places we're going today. We've got a lot of texts we're going to read. And so, I'm going to open us and, and just ask God to, to speak to us this morning through this text. Father, we thank you for the morning. And God, I I express my complete and utter inability to do what is necessary to relay biblical truth. I do not have the skills. I do not have the power. I do not have any of this, Father. I know that all of it rests on you, and that's a good thing. And Father, I ask that this morning that you would speak through me for your glory and for your purposes to bring your name much praise. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, so when I do open up the, the dictionary, I, I open up the dictionary because my topic that I had to handle or, or I'm going to work with is the faithfulness of God. And when I open the dictionary and read the definition of the word faithful, it says remaining loyal and steadfast, firm in adherence to promises, given with strong assurance, true to the facts. These are just a few of the man-made words that try to define and express the idea of faithfulness. But God's faithfulness to his children is incomprehensible, it's inexpressible. We do not have the words to express how faithful God is to you and I. But I can make this declaration clear and concise. That Jesus Christ is far more faithful to me than I am to him. Can I get an amen? So, uh, uh, he receives, and because of that, as a result of him being faithful like this to me, he, Jesus Christ, deserves every ounce of glory that is due his precious name. If you guys got your Bibles, turn to Second Timothy chapter 2. And verse 13, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says this. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. This verse, when I read this verse, it causes so much joy in my heart to know that Christ continues to pursue us. He continues to come after us. Even when you and I have been unfaithful, Christ is faithful to continue to pursue us. God is faithful to forgive for His name's sake. He is faithful to forgive not because I deserve to be forgiven, but rather because He deserves the glory. So Christ is faithful to continue to pursue us even when we are not faithful. Jesus is faithful to provide a way out of temptation like this is a glorious thing how many of us ever struggle with temptation anybody all right i didn't know if i was the only one every one of us in the room has struggled on some level with temptation first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says this that the temptation of your life is no different from what other people are experiencing and god is faithful god is faithful god is faithful He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. The Lord Jesus Christ is faithful to us even in providing a pathway to freedom out of our sinfulness. Isn't that just amazing? That the God of the universe provides for you and I a pathway into his freedom, into his righteousness, and to his glory. This is the amazingness of who God is. Like think about this idea. Like I think about my own sinfulness, the enormousness of my sin, the weight of my sin that is crushing, but God has been faithful to provide a path to freedom even to a human being such as I am, even to a human being who is treacherous and treasonous, he has provided a pathway to forgiveness and to freedom. How magnificent and glorious does that make Jesus? Like, how amazing is that that He has provided that to me? I think of the day in which you and I are living, and um, the idea of being faithful to anything, for the most part, has pretty much become an antique idea. Um, there are always, there's always something more flashy and more attractive that comes along to allure us away. I mean, we live in a throwaway society, amen? I mean, when this phone is obsolete, we trash it and go buy another one. When cars are run out of steam, we throw them away and get a new one. Relationships, is, we're even throwaway relationships right now. Like, we, if this one doesn't work, I'll get it. What's that old Jeremiah Johnson? I'm quoting him, the great theologian Jeremiah Johnson. Skin that and pilgrim, I'll get you another that, that one. Th- that comes to mind. But not with Jesus not with Jesus this is not the case with him he remains he remains he remains he remains he is steadfast he is true he is faithful psalms 136 has the phrase his love endures 26 times in that verse and that idea in that text is that the repetitive, the, the repetitive nature of God's faithfulness to His children is inexhaustible. Like, think about that. The repetitive nature of God's love for His children is inexhaustible. You can never out the grace of God. Now, I'm, I'm going to stand here and tell you, don't attempt it. Right? Don't attempt it, but I'm telling you that God's grace is greater than your sin. Amen? Charles Spurgeon said that the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. That's great. The the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. The sovereign God of the universe is not shocked or surprised by who you are and is not shocked by what you've done. And he will continue to be unshocked by what you do. He knows everything about us. And yet he was and is was and is faithful to redeem and reconcile us to himself. That fact alone should cause in us n- not to attempt to hide our sins from God. Because God knows everything. Like there's no sense in us trying to cover up what we did last night. Or the week before. Just God knows. Come to Him in in repentance and lay that before Him. When we realize that God knows all things and is faithful to continue to love us and to reconcile us, that should make us willing to come to Him in repentance and confess our sins to Him. Because He already knows. Like, what an exercise in futility that you... Uh, I know God knows, but I'm not going to repent. Like... That doesn't work for anybody. That's going to be exhausting for you and not lead to freedom in the end. It's going to lead to condemnation. Wow. Because he knows all things and he knows everything about us and is still faithful to forgive us. That is motivation enough for us to come and know that, man, he's got us. Corey Tenboom once said, in God's faithfulness lies our eternal security. In God's faithfulness lies our eternal security. When Christ forgives, He forgives completely. When God forgives you of your sin, He forgives you completely. That means the stuff you did in the past, the stuff you're doing right now, and the stuff you haven't even touched yet has been conquered by the blood of Christ. How can I say that? Ephesians chapter 1 Verses four through five says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will. Back to Sunday school this morning. Everything goes back to the purposes of his glory and his will. He before the foundation of the world, he knew you and he chose you and he wanted you. When we as Christ followers truly understand the depths of God's faithfulness to his children, it will give us a sense of boldness and tenacity in our approach to living out and fulfilling our ministries that God's given us. Whether in our homes or in our churches, God's faithfulness to us will embolden us to do what we've been called to do. God is is faithful and will give us The boldness to be unashamed. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 that the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has power unto salvation. And when we see the faithfulness of God to save his children, it should give us the boldness to tell those around us that the answer to everything in life is Jesus Christ. I know we're Baptists, but that should get us a little excited. Like, God's faithfulness to save should stir in us a sense of confidence and assurance unlike anything else in the world. Because of God's faithfulness to transform the hearts of men and women, that should all the more embolden us to do our part that God has called us to do. The faithfulness of Jesus' authority in the world should cause in us to understand that God will redeem whomever he wants to redeem and that should cause in us a desire to take what God told us in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20 quite literally and we should be itching to play our Like, listen, you and I should be itching to play our part. Like, we should be, man, God, put me in, coach! What's that old? Song? Put me in, coach. I don't remember. remember. You guys remember that old song? couple. It's a couple days ago. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. When you read what Jesus said, he says, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded you. Like, that should give us an emboldened sense. Listen. Even in the midst of the calam- like God gets who God's going to get. God- he wins. Jesus wins in the end. And he's like, listen, he's coming for some of us. He's going to get us. Come on, I'm in. <laughs> that should cause us to have some, some excitement in our bones to know that Jesus Christ will conquer this sin-filled, fractured, messy world, and he wins. Even in the midst of calamity and trials, God is faithful. The world may fail us. People around us might let us down. The economy might falter. The dollar bill might not remain the strongest. Amen. (laughs) But the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of all these circumstances of our life are built and set up in such a way to mold us and to shape us into his image. And to never let us down. The Lord Jesus Christ, even in the midst of calamity, will never let you down. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, great is that faithfulness? As I wrote this out, I could that song was great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Amen. Like this is where that, that song came from, this verse, where you see every morning, great is thy faithfulness. You're there, you're in the midst of all things. And as you and I walk through our day. God is in the middle of everything that you're doing and he's using everything in your day that's happening to you to cause you to be more like Jesus Christ. Everything you deal with, everything you walk through is, to, is designed for the Christian to mold you and to shape you into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 6 tells us that What suffering does to show off God's faithfulness to his children. Verse 3 tells us not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because of God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while you were weak and at just the right time, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly. Whoa! Come on now. God is faithful to rescue us when we cannot save ourselves. And listen, we can't save ourselves all the time. Like We're a mess all the time, right? I, I often think of modern superhero films and think of people who are in need of rescue. They are outgunned, outmatched, and hopelessly overwhelmed. And when all hope seems to be lost, and at just the right time, like the music, if you think of those movies, the music is just uh, ominous, and it's over. There's no way. They're about to die. They're about to die. And then all of a sudden, the music changes, and the the key shifts, and all of a sudden, at just the right time, the superhero comes in and saves and rescues and redeems and sets everything right. This is the picture of Jesus. We cannot do anything to redeem or rescue ourselves from hell or from our own sinfulness. But Jesus, in his faithfulness, swoops in at just the right time to save us and save the day. David Wilkerson once said, Our faith is not meant to get us out of hard places or to change our painful condition. Rather, it is meant to reveal God's faithfulness to us in the midst of our dire situation. Come on. God's faithfulness to us does not mean that he's always going to deliver us from the trouble, but what it does mean is that he is faithful to walk with us through our troubles and our trials. And when What is amazing is that God can do and does use our troubles and our trials to shape us into the image of Christ. Every single day that we wake up, every morning is a new opportunity to be even more molded into the shape and the image of Jesus Christ. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness has, when it has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God is faithful to provide us with everything that we're ever going to need in order that we would be complete. Like that should cause us to get some joy in our hearts. How many of y'all feel like sometimes you're not complete? Anybody? Come on. God's given us everything that we've been given to make us complete. Those troubles you're walking through, those trials you're walking through this morning, they're meant to mold you and to set you in a position where you're complete and lacking nothing. God is faithful to provide us with everything we need in order to be complete. Woo! Edmund Clowney, he's a theologian, said, Trials should not surprise us or cause us to doubt God's faithfulness. Rather, we should actually be glad for them. God sends trials to strengthen our trust in Him so that our faith will not fail. Our trials keep us trusting. They burn away any and all self-confidence and drive us to our Savior. Furthermore, when you and I as believers walk and understand the truth of God's faithfulness, our response will be that of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and the testing that by this testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we understand the Lord Jesus Christ's faithfulness to us, we are more than able to discern God's will for our lives and what we should be doing. And as a result of that, we're going to be able to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we have been called into and given. That's Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. We will long to be transformed by God's faithfulness rather than being conformed to the world's filthiness. When we trust and understand God's faithfulness, it will transform us into what He wants us to be and we will not be conformed into the world's filth. Wayne Grudem says that God's faithfulness means that God will always do what He says and fulfill what He promised. The Lord is not slow to fulfill promises as some count promises. This is 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. But He is patient towards us, not wishing that any should perish, but all that would reach repentance. Listen. God is faithful to do what He's promised to do. Period. Sin will be judged. Period. We will either be covered for all eternity by the precious blood of Christ... Or we will be handed justice by a sovereign God for all eternity in hell. There is no other option. The only way to find mercy is to enter into the ark of safety found in the, and only in the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. Repentance of sin and belief in Christ is the answer. The only answer. And until men and women come to understand that they are, that they are sinful and in need of a savior, they cannot be saved. No one can be saved until they truly understand how egregious their offenses are against the God who is holy. God is faithful to either save those who believe in Him or He is faithful to judge those left to their sinful natures and desires. God's faithful to His promises. He has made a promise that He will either save those who believe or He will judge those who don't. Period. God is faithful. And for our last point this morning, God is faithful to return for his own. And ladies and gentlemen, we are on the precipice. God is faithful to return for his own. Jesus will come and welcome his own into the kingdom. Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 13 says, Then I saw saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse... And the one sitting on it was called faithful and true. The one sitting on it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and he makes war. His eyes are like flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has the name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Thank you Jesus that, he's, that, that blood is our entry fee into the kingdom of God dipped in blood and and the name of by which he is called the word of god god is Faithful. He is all encompassing. He knows all. He is everywhere. No one can hide from him. He is faithful to do what he is going to do. No political party, no school boards, no governments will ever be able to stop the thankful the faithfulness of godliness towards his own. I should like mean, come on. Let's get a little excited about that. Like, nothing's going to stop him. Like, there's no, like, the Republicans and the Democrats aren't going to stand there and be like, nope, he can't come in. The ACLU is not going to stand there and say, nope, he can't get in. He will come for his own, and nobody's going to stop him. Second, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses, starting in verse 16, it says this, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, of a command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those that are alive and are left will be caught up together with him, and in the clouds we will meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is coming. The rapture for the believers are coming. This idea, this is where the doctrine of the rapture comes from. Out of this text right here. That the Lord, he is going to descend with a shout. And those that have died in Christ, who have gone on before us, they get to go first. And this word cloud, that means angel. Clouds just mean angel. So your guardian angel is going to snatch you off the planet. You're going to meet your, your dead loved ones in the air who have followed and loved Christ From generations before, you're going to be, they get the, they're going to be, my mom's going to beat me. My grandma's going to beat me. Unless I, you know, unless I, I mean, unless I die. Because none of us know that, right? But those of us that are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up, raptured up together into the clouds with the Lord, and we will be there forevermore. There's coming a day when all this stuff is going to be gone, and it's going to be over with, and it's going to be fixed and it's over therefore encourage one so it don't matter it doesn't matter what's coming down the pike i don't care what happens to the government of the united states because guess what the kingdom of god will not fall it will not be overtaken the scripture says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church amen amen Like, that should cause in us and stir in us an affection towards the mighty and sovereign and holy hand of God that He is faithful to redeem and to come for His own. He is faithful. He is all encompassing. He knows all. He is everywhere, and no one can hide from Him. He is faithful to do what He is going to do, and it's not up to anybody else but Him. He is the one who is going to do this. And it should cause us, as His children, to get excited. What's the text tell us? Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So guess what? I'm encouraging you this morning that I know it's dark out, but it's getting gloriously dark, and Christ is coming. Who's ready? What's that old song for? the... Remember that old song? People get ready, Jesus is... Okay, maybe you guys didn't weren't into popular 90s Christian music, so... I was. It's just one of those songs. But man and, and I know like this is the the world the world's made a joke of the return of Christ. But I'm telling you the signs are there. The 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 political alliances, the things that are happening biblically, all of these things are lining up for the return of Jesus Christ. And the question is, where do you stand? Are you going to stand in the faithfulness of God's love or are you going to stand in the faithfulness of God's justice? Man, I'm praying this morning that every one of us in this room will be standing in the midst of God's faithfulness to love and to redeem and to reconcile rather than be like, nah, I know I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but I'm going to try it on my own. How many of us have tried it on our own and it didn't work? Anybody? Anybody can testify to that? I can testify. I've tried it on my own and it doesn't work. That's what cracks me up with, with people today. They, they look at men and women, parents that have been faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've got kids that are like, yeah, I know mom and dad were faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, their life was good, but you know what, I'm going to try this on my own and do my own thing. And they burn down half the hemisphere. And they're like, man. I just, as I get older, I'm 43 next month. um, I just come to realize my dad was the smartest human being in the world. Now, if I could go back to Caleb at 18, Caleb at 19, my dad was an idiot, at least in my mind. But now as a 43-year-old man, I'm like, Dad, you had it figured out. Their life was full of peace. He loved his wife supremely. He loved Jesus completely. And he was faithful to preach the word. And still at 73 years old, he's still faithful to open the text and preach out of God's word and say, thus saith the Lord. That's what we need. We need men and women who are faithful to follow the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus has been faithful to us. We need to be faithful to him. Amen? Golly, that's yes, so good. See, I went up, that, that is not what I'm saying tomorrow. You guys got extra. That it, because there's like 20 of us that are reading our, our, our stuff. And if I go, man, i am gone 40 minutes, so uh, that would be a long night. So that's what happens when I don't stick to my notes. If I just stuck to the notes, we would have been out of here in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, guys, I, I'm, isn't it good to know that God's faithful to us? Isn't it, isn't it good to know that God, he does, he cares. Second like Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Like, the Lord Jesus Christ, He cares for every one of us in this room. Cast your sins, cast your anxieties, cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. That's good news. That should... Like, this is what I'm saying. Christians should be the happiest, most excited, most just joyous filled people I know. Because, man, the news that we have trumps everybody else's news in the world. Don't care who wins an election... My God's on His throne, and He runs this thing. He puts kings in, He takes kings out. He's moving people around like chess pieces. And that's my dad. That's my father. That's my father. That's if you're in Christ, that's your father. Our Father runs the show. That gives me all the confidence I need to know Him. That I that He knows me, and that I know Him. I don't care what comes down the pike because 10,000 years, I'm at his feet and I'm worshiping him with my hands in the air, saying, God, you are amazing, you're great, you're fabulous, you're beautiful, and I cannot, ah, oh, I can't wait. It gets me excited to think about a million years from now where we're going to be. Ben's going to be over on a piano, <laughs> just singing that thing out, singing. I'll be like, Ben, come on. Get excited, right? And guess what? You people, oh I can't sing. All of us can be able to sing in heaven. He's gonna fix that tone deafness. Woo! Jamie's like, I don't want anybody to hear me singing. Guess what? She'll probably have a beautiful angelic singing voice and be like, girl. Wait, she won't be a girl in out of this. See, this is what happened. I close my notes. It's gonna get crazy now. Well let's stand together.